G'day listeners, Aaron here. Before we get into this week's episode, only two minutes after I posted it, we sadly found out that we had lost the remarkable Betty White, and then only six hours after it was posted, we found out that we had lost Jonathan's father, Al Larson. So I would like to send my condolences out there to the Larson family, the cast and crew of Rent, everybody who knew him and worked with him as he pushed Jonathan's work. A remarkable piece that changed my life, it changed many lives, and so it would be wrong not to dedicate today's episode to Al and Betty White, of course. No theme song this week, we're just going to jump straight into it because that thing is very screamy, so please enjoy. G'day and welcome to an extra special New Year's edition of Thrash and Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical comedy podcast whose latest hit single bears no resemblance to anything you'd call music. And speaking of single bears, ooh, where? I'm Aaron, I'm five foot seven and Aries, but I bloody hate walks on the beach because of sand, which, speaking of sandwich, I'm joined as usual by the breadmaster, Evan the Metal Man. Happy New Year, son. How you going? <laughs> That's got to be one of your worst puns yet. Worst? That was terrible. <laughs> Why do you hurt me so? That was, that was a pun and a stretch. A pun and a stretch. That was great. Thank you very much. Anyways, it might be a but, callback later. How hungover are you today? We had a very happy New Year's and everyone went to bed at like nine o'clock because we're all middle-aged with children. But anyways, are you ready for guess what? What? We have another legendary diva in the studio today and I'm so excited. I'm dressed to the 90s and over the moon about this fabulous artiste whose powerful gut-wrenching vocals have echoed across Broadway and beyond for the past 30 years like a band of angels. And whilst normally I would pun to high heavens the titles of this exquisite entertainer's career, I fear I would be graded the big C. So I called a buddy and we set up a search party and cause we ain't misbehaving, this requires law and order. But once on this island, as both Azuli and a stint backstage, this paper doll goddess conquered New York undercover and over as elegantly as the world turns, ensuring this breakdancing babe's legacy and progress is one to inspire generations to come. And whilst it would be easy to see how our guest performance as Rafiki in The Lion King might have inspired children across America, or how this lady's acclaimed run in Love, Loss and What I Wore may have fashioned an iconic image. It's actually her performance in the original cast of Rent that has lit many fires under many bums since its blockbuster debut in the mid-90s, and I could list a thousand sweet superlatives on how that cast and show has impacted my life and millions of young LGBTQ plus lives around the world. But instead, please help me welcome to the torture chamber with a huge Aussie g'day and a happy new year to the singer, dancer, actor, rapper, and synchronized swimmer, who's joining us all the way from New York City, center of the universe. Rent heads know her as the Joanne Jefferson, whilst Maureen calls her Pookie, but we know her as our latest torture victim. It's the sensational Freddie Walker-Brown. Happy New Year. Welcome to the torture chamber. Happy New Year. Good day. I loved that intro. It was fantastic. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> genius, dead on. And you did your homework all the way back to Paper Doll. 
Yes. Oh my god, I'd forgotten about that myself. Synchronized <laughs> swimming. Oh my gosh, yes, synchronized swimming. And I, I noticed. Um, I'll just show you because this is actually a question on here. I have to ask. Oh, no, firstly, how was your New Year's? Did you get absolutely broad wasted? To not to name drop another <laughs> podcast on our podcast. But, uh, blum. <laughs> wah, wah. No, we got broad wasted for Christmas. Uh, 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 yep. A colleague gave me the giant bottle of Patron, like the really big one. I've never seen yep. a oh, bottle wow. like on a big cradle. It's huge. I've never seen a bottle of tequila that big. Yep. <laughs> Our goal was to finish it, and it took three days, but we did it. <laughs> awesome, Rockon. You needed a big mug. That's what you needed. No, 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 no. no. Shots were good. <laughs> and now I'm in massive, rec- lots of water. Oh, God, that's a, that's a lot of shots. Oh, a lot. It was Christmas. It was like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a forget, regret, or life is yours to miss because you drank it the night before. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Now, awesome. Now, just back onto your resume. I have to ask because you have horse riding and fencing on there. Mm-hmm. Correct. But frisbee throwing? Well, frisbee, you know, I teach a uh, workshop for actors and I always tell them there is no skill too stupid. <laughs> See, there isn't. No, I'm serious. If you're auditioning for commercials and stuff, Oh yeah. There is no no skill too stupid. Have you you mm. see commercials and the mm. things they get people? Yeah. I mean, come on. So any skill, armpit play, anything yeah. you can do, put it on your resume. You just never know. You never know. You say armpit playing. I can do the eye socket. You can play your eye. Socket. I can make fart noises with my eye socket. Oh, I want to hear it. <laughs> How weird is that? That should be on your. Put that on your special skills. I will definitely eye farting think i'm kidding i'm not a friend of mine i played lip trumpet and a friend of mine was like put that on your resume i'm like you're kidding next thing i know i was in a show with a lip trumpet solo written especially for me so yeah <laughs> any no skill too stupid no skill too stupid yeah no well i i had to ask because obviously in the 90s which we're we're quite a 90s theme show today it was a long time ago now yeah, it was, but Xena was quite big back then with her frisbee throwing and stuff like that. Oh, Xena! Oh, right, the mm, the yes. uh, yeah, Whatever she was the beginning of all that superhero, like at the the beginning of all that superhero yeah. stuff. Yes, I forgot all Very about campy. that. I was thinking more real frisbees, but yeah, like plastic ones, you know, in the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I had to ask. Anyways, now first question. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about rent today again, <laughs> but. What would be in your crazy rock star rider? If you could just put any ridiculous thing on that, what would you put on there? You know, I'm not a, I'm saying I'm not a perk girl. Most important perk to me is yeah. always parking. <laughs> it just is yeah. like, there must be a, my car must be there and running within feet of it when I'm done. Well, as soon as the makeup and heels come off, I need to be able to get in yeah. that car and it needs to be warmed up and pointed in the direction of out. And that is always like, my most important perk and per- as far as I'm concerned, that shouldn't even be a perk. That should be just like a given, right? Like make sure yep. that the transport <laughs> is hooked up, right? Yep. But yeah, even, you know, like, honestly, I, I, I really have never been in a position to have the A-list perk demands, right? Yeah. And if we're in fantasy perk land, that is weird. No, seriously, because that's weird for me because I'm just not that person. I think a lot of that is yeah. stupid. You see what I'm saying? So there yeah. will be no like, you know, specialized water and warmed towels and all that kind of crap. It's like, come on, you know, uh, let's, you know, like right now, just want to stay alive. Uh, if I was really, if we're going to do COVID perks right now, I'd be like, 
everybody needs to be vaccinated. I want to see your card and your test right now and have three yep. masks on and stay the fuck away from me. You see, that would be, <laughs> if I was doing it now, that's where I'd be because I'm not trying to catch COVID. I don't care. So yeah, yep. that would be, yeah. But Give insofar me. as like, you know, perfectly crystallized filtered water and, you know, silken towels to wipe your ass. It's like, come on. You are just a person like everybody else and you are going to go back to being who in five minutes. I work with young people. One of those kids who'd Barbara Streisand. I said Barbara Streisand and that kid said who? Okay, so that means that anybody, anybody, you follow me? Anybody and everybody's going back to being who? So quit tripping with you with all that junk. I think that's, I'm sorry. I think all that is bullshit, but yeah. Right now, my, yeah. my perks would be all about COVID. They would. <laughs> and, and VIP parking. And VIP parking. Yeah, no, VIP parking. Yeah. I'm sorry. That should be a given. Don't you think, don't you think VIP parking should just be a given? Like nobody should be having to ask for that, right? Yeah, well, on the odd um, um, documentary and, and behind the scenes things I've seen, uh, I've never been to Broadway, obviously. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of this, the backstage doors just sort of exit into the street? Yes. And off you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And off you go. Wow. Yes. And I mean, let's face it, Broadway money is nothing like big rock money and, and you know, that kind of, it's just not like that. So yeah. those kind of, that's just not happening unless you bring in one of the big, big divas down from Hollywood or something for right. whatever. And even they are usually, I mean, the only reason they're coming to do Broadway is because they've already made their money on TV or whatever. Now they're like, oh, I can afford to slum it on Broadway. So yeah, no, but it's not really like that. It's not. Yeah. Broadway they didn't build them with backstage parking. No, absolutely no. not. You know what I'm saying? They built, oh my God, those buildings are so old. Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, they're facing all the whole new renovations and the stuff because those buildings are old and musty and, mm. you know, they've been there for mm -hmm. well over 100 years. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, here in Perth, like, you know, we've got new arenas that are only, you know, 10, 20 years old. And I played high, I've been in high school theaters that are nicer than yeah. um, uh, Broadway theaters. These guys got underground parking and, you know, the, yes, the performers and finish and they just walk downstairs and they hop in their cars and off they go. You, you know. go and la, yeah. la, la. Yeah. I don't know how it is at MSG. Yeah. Uh, it might be like that for, at Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. then think about uh, real estate in New York premium. You know what I mean? An underground. Mm. You know, that's just everything is about space because there isn't any. So, yeah. That's it. But, anyways, um, I have absolutely no pun to, to move us on there <laughs> to metal or oh, construction of building. I don't know. <laughs> But um, I love a good pun. So you, you've got me all the way there. Usually I'm really good with a segue from the conversation into, <laughs> and you know, something like, and speaking of stupid, uh, we'll move on to metal or something like that. So is metal the next thing? Uh, yeah. We yes. better actually talk about the metal album. I, I, I'm completely stuck there. But anyways, <laughs> we'll move on to the metal. Uh, I don't know why we haven't recorded in a month. So because Evans obviously nearly died on us. Um, oh no why how yeah yeah oh i was in i was in it's a lot it, it really is a long story but um i had i had to have surgery um for a for an issue and i knew that was going to put me down for like two weeks anyway right. um and then i got home from surgery and started feeling really ill um and basically after a couple of days of hiding in my room in a dark room i couldn't sleep you know headaches just would not let me sleep i hadn't slept for days mm -hmm. i ended up back in the emergency room for another week two um and then another sort of week at home just i yeah it was they're not really sure what it was i had everything they threw everything at me um you know your mri your cat scans spinal tap i had a freaking spinal tap 
trying to test whatever the hell yeah. was going on. I was a pincushion for weeks um, and they never really figured it out. Um, and I just eventually, they pumped me with a heap of antibiotics and I just kind of got better. But I literally spent a good solid three weeks on my back, just not a, unable to move. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but we're back. So, yay. Okay. Yay, I miss that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. I'm so yep. sorry. Uh, no, it sucks being. I'm so oh nice. yeah, it's terrible. And uh, you know, I'm a carer. Uh, a son, a 14 year old son, has a cerebral palsy. Is in a wheelchair. Oh good lord, yes. Okay. Well. I generally do a lot of the heavy lifting, and I, you know, I was down. I couldn't couldn't help at all. You know. As you guys know, I take care of my mother. She's 101. Uh, 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 yep. Yeah, and you know, it's giant mm -hmm. Mickey, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and the, the whole bit. So I completely get being the head of the pen and, and having, yeah, as uh, yep. showering everything, like he's non weight bearing, so it's hoists into the shower and all that. Yep, 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 yep. yep. I get it. So if you, you get sick, you can imagine. Yes, I'm saying you can't get sick. The whole onus of not being able to get sick, the guilt that comes with all that, the 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 stealing time for self-care, all of it. I, I empathize 200%. I, uh, my heart breaks that you were out. I'm glad you're back. Yay, you, yay, your son. And uh, uh, happy <laughs> yeah. new year. Yeah, we made, it, we made it in time for Christmas. So thank God. Good. I'm so glad. I'm Wow, that's so much. Yeah, it's a lot. I. It, uh, uh, okay, sidebar, sim similar thing. Uh, six months after I got my mom, she, 96 is when she finally just really, she couldn't live alone. And I had to go get her. I went and got her, all that moving, the drama, her money, her boyfriend, blah, blah, huge drama. I finally get her here. And then two months after that, I get hit by a car and almost killed. Oh, I know exactly oh what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you're, yeah, you're lying on the pavement going, no, no, I can't, I can't. No, I'm in the. I I got. I managed to get out of the car before it exploded. Uh, 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 oh, it was geez. a lot. Oh, it was a lot. Shit. It was a lot, and uh, uh, I still have damage to the body, but I am here. I'm mobile. I, you know, once again, doing everything I can to stay in one piece because there are others depending on me, and I know that feeling. Mm. And I applaud you. And what can I say? So, and we have one <laughs> other thing in common. Speaking of metal, aha! See, I took you there. Um, <laughs> I am with Evan. I don't listen to metal. He don't listen to Broadway. So we have a whole spectrum to come together on because, uh, uh, yeah, I have more appreciation for more rock now because I work with some fantastic musicians uh, at one of the uh, organizations where I teach. And the other teachers, I mean, they are just fantastic musicians. And some of these guitarists are just, has like, how are you not world famous? I don't get that. Mm -hmm. And um we do our students, you know, we're very performance oriented. So we'd like to keep the students performing because there's no point in learning how to sing and play all this junk if you don't perform. It's just stupid and a waste of money. And we hate recitals, so we don't do them because they're stupid and boring. So we do these amazing uh, concert shows. And the rock show is where all the instrumental students come together and they form these rock band combinations. And we do, and the singers, I bring the singers and we, they sing whatever these songs are. And I have learned so many songs that I would never have otherwise learned or listened to, including metal, because of this. And it is just, I, I once again, I, I have a whole, I have a whole new appreciation for the style of singing. Uh, um, <clears throat> the album that you gave me, uh, you said the guy was operatically trained, and and it is really difficult to make some of these sounds and preserve your voice over long periods of time. And that is my question to you: How do they do it? How do a how many bands make it more than one or two albums and survive mm -hmm. 
that vocal stress? Is it the majority? Yeah. No, no, I couldn't could do age of numbers. I did see an interview in, on this subject um, by Taja, I think her name is, is the singer in, in Nightwish. And she was saying how it took her a couple of years to really get her head around and her voice around singing like that and being able to preserve her voice and not damage it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you've got your classic stories of, you know, Kurt Cobain used to, you know, gargle bloody bourbon. and Yeah, but look what I got him. No offense, but... It's not like, it, you know. <laughs> Although he didn't die from his voice. I'm saying it wasn't a long career. So that wasn't no. exactly the, the, uh, the answer, yeah. was it? Yeah. <laughs> Decision making process wasn't exactly there. Dude, you can't yeah. sing when you're dead. So it's like, you know, if yeah. <laughs> it affects your voice. <laughs> Getting shot in the face affects your voice. Um, we have a guy in Australia called Jimmy Barnes. Who- uh, yeah, yeah, he's a great example. He shouldn't be able to sing anymore. I don't know how he does it. Again, I saw an interview with him where his doctor is saying, I don't know how your vocal cords still function because he screams Mm -hmm. and he he, he's a screamer and he's been screaming for like 40, 50 years. Mm. And somehow he just, he can still do it. It, God knows how. I'm saying there's a burn that you get after a certain point Mm. that you don't go back from. Do you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was very interesting um, doing Lion King. Every time we would move, you would get like a week's rest. And every time that first, I would always try to make sure I did that first sing out like a day or so before we actually opened because there was a burn that came after that rest. And then once you have that, you're fine. You're good to go. You can sing it all the time. You know what I mean? Because I mean, eight shows a week is no joke. And people do not think about what Broadway is. Eight shows a week. We do 416 shows a year under normal circumstances. 400 if you take your vacation. That There's no athlete on earth with a performance schedule like that. And there is no rock musician or, or, or other musician with like that kind of schedule, right? No. So I'm like, the ultimate pre- no. vocal preservation is coming from those kids on Broadway. They're killing it every night, live. No mixing, no yeah. help. And they're dancing. <laughs> the crazy thing is like, we know the, the, the schedule of, of, of Broadway performers <laughs> And somehow we managed to get Broadway performers uh, to come and talk to us every week in between these ridiculous schedules. But you think we could oh, get a bass player from a random band uh, who only plays once a weekend? I know. Hell no. No. I know. We can get Broadway to listen to metal, but do you think metal musicians are brave enough? To- I'm saying whatever. If you listen to enough Broadway, you'll find out that we've done every style of music you got. We've done them all. Yep. We have to yep. do them all. Yep. Everything from yep. opera to rock. So... What can we mm, say, exactly. including um, rock opera segue? <laughs> yep. Before we, we get on to that, I'm going to quickly run through my review because we're going to talk about Nightwish, Century Child, Ooh. which I actually started writing my review. I got to the end of the first page and I looked up at the album and I realised that I had written um, something else, Child. Like, I don't know, I'd, I'd completely... And the whole joke was based off the name of that band, so I had to start again. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Uh, and this was only two hours ago. But anyways, when I first saw the cover, I wondered where Fabio was, only to find out that this is a musical album, not an erotic novel. Bugger. What a goose. So I spoted the Spotify and pre-said play, and oh my, the drama. This awfully thematic blend of classical meets light industrial instantly transports me into the opening credits of Japanese anime. I have to wonder, as the second track, End of All Hope, began, were they reading my mind? Well, if they were, they would know that a song with end in the title should be placed at the titular end. And speaking of titular ends, 
I'll be a right tit if I ignored how terribly Eurovision these epic tracks are, especially since, as per the name Eurovision and Century Child, metal should be seen and not heard. But then something happened as my own Nightwish started to play out in my mind's eye. As the 80s flavoured Dead to the World began, I started to bop my head. Sadly, however, Fabio is still bereft of the scene, only to be heard and not seen as the larpish male voice counteracts with the yearning heroines. Lady gets her Fabio, but I don't. God damn it. This album continued into the fantastical depths of baroque and gothic metal, and I have no idea what that means. I'm making shit up again. It's exciting, crazy, but without Yima Sumac's psychedelia, I'm left feeling kind of worn out by the drama and kind of sick of being single. So as I began my 10th listen, sounding out my mating call to the tabletop game-playing virgins within the area, I pressed play on the scruff, but that's a review for another day. As for this album, as the gays would say, it's drama, mama. And I was going to give it four stars, but introducing Phantom of the Opera to metal fans? Bitch, stole my look. Three and a half stars. Oh. It was... You took a half a star off for Phantom. Yeah, because I'm a bastard. <laughs> no, I'll, all right, I'll give it four. I'll give it four, I won't be mean. <laughs> This was drama, like all over. This was this was the opening credits to Final Fantasy VII. This was like that real yearning. I and, did get that vibe a lot. Yes. Yeah. This was this was quite fabulous. A lot of it was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's an anime opening. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like a video game montage. There's a lot of that stuff in there. It's very symphonic. No, a lot of it was fun. It's very symphonic. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, like you were talking about symphonic metal, this obviously is a, a very excellent sample, I would think. Uh, I yeah. had fun with it. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, I could really hear, um, I just find, I, you know, I worked Phantom for a while and I heard that music every night and hearing it like this, I, it was amazing. Like it almost sounded the same. Yeah. It was amazing how well the music lent itself to the genre because it was almost, I was like, wow, it's almost like, you didn't have to do much, you know what I'm saying? And I yeah. could hear that guy, I could hear that guy playing the part. I could, I was like, oh, you could sing this. You could actually do this on stage. It would be amazing. A combination of like, he's like a combination of Phantom and, and Beast, you know what I'm saying, vocally. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, he'd make a very interesting portrayal. I, I was, I could see him doing it. I was like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. Have you ever yeah. seen, did you have managed to uh, see any footage of, there's a, there's a great live version of Phantom and them playing Phantom on stage. Oh, no, 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 I did not. Only floor. Okay, well, the um, this, the male singer is like this six foot five Viking dude um, who's very famous in, in Finland. Um, and yeah, he, he, he looks the part. You know, he's this enormous dude just going, Rah! yeah, he's... He is a classic. Um, I need to find this. I'm. I've got YouTube on the side here. I'm looking for it because it's like he's this whopping great bass player. Now he only joined the band like two years before that. Um, he's quite a celebrity in his own right. God, what's he going to say? Uh, but yeah, he, he's brilliant. 
the Phantom cover yep. became their big anthem song. Yes. Their big, big st- stadium song. It is. I wonder what their rights contract is like for that. I'm actually surprised they got the license for it. The whole thing's very Andrew Lloyd Webber. If you listen to it again, you know, after a few listens, you can hear it all the way through. And he had to get the rights for that. And I'm trying to figure out how he did that. I, I'm really shocked to, to even think that Webber released the. I knew it from Floor Jansen, yes. who's their new female singer. Yes. And I got to admit, like, whilst I like the version, I'm kind of disappointed that when she joined the band, they didn't pick a different song from that same realm. Maybe something from okay. Les Mis or Sunset Boulevard. I don't know. Yeah, I see what you say. Well, when they, when they did change singers, she's still having to sing all the, the other songs of the previous female singer. I know. That's why I'm saying it. That's why I'm saying why didn't when she joined, why didn't they keep that as well, but also give her her own signature cover to do? That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there is. I don't there is so much material from these guys. I didn't have enough time to really delve into all of it. Um, because they've been going for like 16 years and they their band members keep changing and that kind of thing. But anyway, the reason yeah. I chose this one. It's because yeah. of the lineup. You've got that bass player who uh, is the vocalist. He he's a just a legend. You've got Taj still in uh, you know still in the band. So the costumes are dramatic to be sure. Yes. Oh yeah. In sleep he sang to me. I love the artist is eating it up. I'm not mad. I am not mad. It's just fantastic. I really love it. Well, see, Andrew Lloyd Webber has the raw creden- credentials, and if you really listen to the music of Phantom of the Opera. There is, mm. there's electric organ in there. I listen, I told you I worked that show. I worked at least 500 yeah. performances of it. I worked well, it. You know that there is a rock. Yes, yeah, yes. There's a rock underlaying there yes. that it works perfectly. I'm not surprised at all. I've heard it covered before anyways. I mean, remember, don't forget, this is the dude that wrote Jesus Christ, the first rock opera, Jesus Christ Superstar. And exactly. uh, uh, the, even the pop yeah. opera, the Joseph one, you know what I'm saying? And the concert yep. version of Superstar is my favorite. Uh, the original Brown album concert version, absolutely yep. beautiful. Just wonderful. I love music, see. I don't care what it is as long as it's good. But yep. some of the the whole screaming thing, I just don't get it. I'm like, why are we doing that? Yeah, they find a spot in their throat. They find a spot that it sits. Yeah, but what is the attraction to the sound? That's the thing. I'm like, why is that? Like, I do understand rage and I understand purge, but I just don't quite understand the attraction to that sound, right? A catharsis, maybe? Yeah, some kind. Oh, definitely, definitely catharsis. Music in general is a catharsis. There's certainly a, a yeah. release and a you know an expression of of anger and you know everything that's wrong with the world and you just want to scream at it sometimes. I I get that. I really do. And some people feel that way about acid jazz. You know what I mean? Like because it can be so strident and just so just way out there. Actually, I think the people who play it are on another mathematical sort of mental level that we aren't with. <laughs> uh but this guy is fun no doubt yeah the bass player he's oh he's a classic yeah no he's he's right right put a the, i love the twist on the the thing yeah like i said he's actually quite a, a big celebrity in finland now um and he recently won the mass singer in finland oh okay 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 yeah. oh, wow. like i said it, yeah. he's very very famous the mass singer okay yeah no um i had a couple more notes that i'm just trying to find because i really um stupid right well <laughs> oh yeah anyway night nightwish nightwish is a, uh, a finnish symphonic power metal band from finland they were formed in 96 um one of the probably the earliest um symphon- 
symphonic metal bands there is. There was others called uh, Celtic Frost, Therion. Um, they're mostly European and mostly uh, mm -hmm. popular in Europe. I, again, I hadn't really heard of this genre. It turns out there's heaps of them. And yes, I chose Century Child because it was the first time they'd brought in a proper uh, symphony orchestra to record with. They dabbled before, but never really. This was the full uh, Finland Philharmonic. Um, they have since done an album with the London Philharmonic. It's one of their more popular albums, and it really did, as Freddie pointed out, it really has sort of defined symphonic metal with the symphony and the metal together in a proper recording. And it's still the original lineup with Taj fronting the band um, that she was actually ousted, I think, two years after the album came out. And they've, they've gone through a few changes, and then they finally... Uh, they had Annette Olsen for a while, and now they've got Floor Janssen. Floor Janssen is a huge upgrade, funnily enough. She's, she is incredible, and I wish I could have chosen a newer album where she's singing, but you just watch the, there's plenty of YouTube footage of her singing the same songs as Taj, um, and she's, she is vastly superior somehow, you know, on top of that operatic voice. Just on her. On Floor, yeah. Yeah, she she performs Phantom with Hank, who perform who was in the Dutch production of Phantom. He right. Bort. Mm. Wow. Mm. Bort. P O R T. However, Bort. I just find that Floor Floor sits in her middle voice a lot more than than Taj. You know, Taj is right in the octave, right up there in her. Apparently, she's got a three and a half octave range. She sits you know, right in the operatic, the vast majority of the time, whereas Floor sits in a middle voice. Yeah. And I know it just works better. She's just got more power. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've actually quite liked the newer singer better than the one I chose. But, you know, yes, Century Child is a, is a perfect example of symphonic metal. There you go. If someone goes, what's symphonic metal? You point them to that. Yeah, not Metallica and symphony. <laughs> no. No, it turns out I had gone through all my notes anyways. That's why I couldn't find the things that I haven't said. So it's scatterbrain. Goodness gracious me. Um, yeah, no, look, I, I really did quite enjoy this. And I, I guess uh, listening to it over the Christmas period it, and with so much cheer and, and all that. And yeah, I don't know. It didn't grate me as some metal does. <laughs> didn't annoy you as much as normal. You know, that's actually the best way to put it. It didn't, I was like, okay, metal. I'm doing this because I'm open-minded. That's what we love to hear. And then, you know, no, seriously, because I'm just like, ah, I, mm. I don't need, I don't need that, dude. Yeah. I, I understand being angry with the world, but I play tennis. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can just hit the ball. It's good. Yeah. There's many other ways to get that out. Uh, uh, and then, of course, there's the whole wrecking my voice thing, right? I'm not doing it. Mm. So, you know, yeah. it's not normally relaxing or entertaining or any of those things but this was actually palatable and kind of fun and then i was like oh wait that's kind of cool and then i started really listening to it going okay this, i really like listening to the vocals and and the character you know how they're using their voices and not to mention the lovely orchestrations and that kind of thing but you know which is always fun it was quite lush yeah yeah no as as oh yes as, as metal goes i was like hey this yeah. is this is fun right here. Yeah. I might actually take another look yeah. at some other symphonic yeah. metal and see what that's yeah. giving, right? Evan, that's a success. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that goes across every genre as well. You can have, you know, black symphonic metal and gothic mixed symphonic metal and power yeah, symphonic no. <laughs> metal. It just, yeah, it gets, it gets a bit crazy. But in terms of commercially accessible, radio-friendly, uh, Century Child sort of 
nailed that. They, they get a lot of airplay in, well, in Finland and, and most of Europe. You know, they, they're really yeah. big. They're a really big band. They've been around the world, God knows how many times, uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. sell out shows all over the place. Mm. Yeah. There's this whole other world on the you other know, side of the world. Never heard of them. But I have now. Never heard of them until the past year doing this podcast because we follow them on Twitter. Mm. I tried to get Floor on this show numerous times. Please come on this show. Goodness me. <laughs> Look at the legends we can get on here. Yeah, right. I can't get metal. Oh, my God. Uh, anyways. Okay. Yes. Right. No, what, what was my um, looks like the golden child grew up. <laughs> we'll chuck to a quick ad break. summer winter spring or fall the first ever musical theater sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest west end show the fossey forest ballet where's the important stuff aha a thousand pound a week ensemble rate ah that's what mamma mia likes starring philip joel and a west end cast featuring carrie alice darren denny louise demon and oliver savile and more it all started in 1987 when I was a jobbing actress working in a diner. Yeah, it's just I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. <gasps> Darling! Mwah, 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 mwah. How long have I been mentoring you? Three months? Two years. So her name is Henrietta. The horse. Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative, and the latest show to be going into the West End. Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Think more along the lines of Pant. Frozen. You can watch this episode for the price of a coffee. Simply go to www.thefussyforestbelly.com. Any and all profits go back to theatre charities, acting for others, and the Theatre's Trust. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights. Tight nights. Nice. Tight. We are back with Fresh and Treasure. I'm Aaron, that's Evan, and we are joined by Freddie Walker-Brown. Goodness gracious me, like this is... Oh, look, I, I've had this rent poster on my wall for pretty much every recording. It's uh, My local theatre company did it. And uh, don't be fooled by the colour of the poster. It was an all-white frigging mm. production. Goodness gracious me. And I've actually seen three all-white productions of Rent in Australia. And I think that's quite... Rent is not race-specific. No, it's not. But... I, I've, seen it in Jap- I've seen it in Japanese. I've seen True. it in Germany. Yes. And Germany was actually quite yeah. quite ethnic because they have a lot of ethnics in Germany. I don't know how what your ethnic makeup is in Australia. But whatever. Rent is, rent is not about race. That's one of the things we love about it. Race is not the part of it. It's never mentioned. It's mm. not part of it. It's not no. what it's about at all. So it has bugged me for years because every character was, and, mm. and if there was uh, any actors of color in the cast, they were ensemble. And I just thought, oh, it, it sort of let, we, well, that's more about you guys. And your, I'm saying that's you guys and your, your demographics and your, your casting, you, you know, you have to fight for that, but that has nothing to do with rent. Rent is not race specific. Oh uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying mm. it is the directors. I'm, I'm oh, bad yeah, mouthing sure. the directors that did this, the local theater companies that are near me that, that all did this. Dude. Um, and so- when the movie came around, the only thing I told them was keep Joanne black. I don't care what else you do. Just make sure she stays black because I, you know, <laughs> yes. it's wonderful to have that iconography. <laughs> yeah. and I love that. So yeah, that's all good. 
Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. it's it's more realistic to the setting. So the wiki's the wiki's correct in that respect. Yes. Oh look, um, Wikipedia can be correct every once in a while. Every once in a while. I've got to <laughs> give them some money. Uh, I do. I love to support them. They're actually okay. Um, yes, wag wag at your directors. Find some ethnics. Do you guys have any? Does Australia have any? Yes. Sorry, in, in Melbourne where I am, I'm in the western suburbs, which is yeah, we're not Sweden, so good. It's it's not the the richer areas. This is where all the immigrant immigrants came and where all the working class is. There is no okay. excuse for right. It was people casting their friends. That's what it was. It was oh, um, I'm shocked at that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so instead of actually casting these characters diversely. Was right for the show oh uh, no no of no, course not just their friends uh, so of dude, course that's so yeah. not new at all no i know i know but, but it bugs yeah. me yeah of course it does i'm saying yeah. people who understand what this work is about they'll do what's right for the show they'll do right by exactly. the show and yeah. when you do right by your shows you do right by your audience better by your audiences you'll get you know i mean just think about it oh i don't know you're trying to make money and you want to attract people to come how many friends of your friends could you really rely on maybe if you cast some extra people they can bring their friends and you can actually exactly. make some money and get to do more shows i don't know yeah but uh that's me yeah and that, that's it uh but it's funny that because with you say rent's not about race for the first maybe three or four years before i sort of learned because I'd had the music um, and sort of certain songs and, and then I saw the show and I always thought that Angel was meant to be Filipino or Asian because that um, our actor was, so I never knew he was a Latino character until I'd sort of put two and two together and I'm like, oh, hang on, here we go. Because also a lot of uh, Filipinos I know have Spanish sounding names. So it sort of didn't really with, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, not so supposed it, to. I'm glad it's mm, not yeah. supposed to. It's, that's not what it's about. It worked. So is what I'm it's saying. It's not supposed yeah. to. Of course, It'll work no matter where you do it, no matter who does yeah. it, because rent is about love, not race. Rent yes. is about love mm. and community. That is what rent is about. Yeah. And it's about uh, the odd men out trying to make a community amongst themselves because they've been cast out by the greater society. That's what rent is about. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter. It only matters that you have people who are genuinely committed to the idea of forming this community and who can sing the fuck out of that music. And that's yes. it. Yep. <laughs> yes, that's, that's it. Yes. Singing the fuck out of it. Now we'll see if Evan got that from this because he had not known anything about this before. And we did do it with his brother and Gareth just didn't get it from the very, very start he heard the what he called whiny teenagers and switched off immediately so i'm glad we get to do it again and we get to do it with an original cast member so this time evan has to behave whiny teenagers hilarious i, I know right yeah <laughs> okay well obviously i had heard of rent i think everyone has heard of rent it's just one of those things which is phenomenal to me still it kind of blows my mind that everyone has heard of it. It's like yeah. such a yeah. mind-blowing thing to me. Yeah, well, it's yeah. up there. It seems to be up there with, you know, your West Side Stories, Rent. You know, it, it is, I know, yeah. and I'm like, wow. wow. <laughs> um, but I, again, I hadn't seen it, hadn't heard it, hadn't everything. And because of the, the format of this show, I'll listen to it first. So I listened to just the music without knowing anything about it. And I did that twice. Now, this thing's two hours and 20-something minutes long. So that's yes, already nearly five hours. Um, I was painting, so thankfully I got through that. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was listening to it, um, trying to figure out what it was about, um, and just listening to uh, the initial song, Rent, it's, 
and they're singing about how they're going to pay last year's rent. And I'm thinking, okay, you guys need to get a move on here because you're already a year behind and we're now going to have a musical about raising the rent. It made sense to me. But then the reprise later on, they're singing, we're not going to pay the rent. I'm like, what? Nah, no, nah, you guys need to pay your rent. You do. It's kind of essential. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to squat? You know, anyway, this is purely listening to the music, not, not seeing the show. Yes. I love the Tango Maureen. That's a great song. Yep. Um, and, and the laying out of that, like, Maureen's going to treat you shit like shit, no matter what your gender or color. Like, Maureen's just, God. And then she justifies it later. But anyway, um, I was impressed. I was impressed um, when I was actually watching it during the Tango Maureen when they're trying to, like, fix the microphones and the equipment on stage actually becomes fixed and is correct. It's running through the VFD on the on the on stage. I'm like, I love how they bothered to make that work properly. No, it's not a fake one. It works properly. Yeah. I thought that was great. You know, the props to the uh, the props guys. And the sound guys. Well, there's sound guys, yeah. Yeah, it actually confused me. I'm like, hang on, that mic's working, but that mic's working as well. And oh, the poor sound guys having to figure that out. Light my candle. Oh my god, what a song. It's a brilliant standalone song. It was really nice to hear. Um, that early on that gets stuck in your head and I, I'm sure people walk out of the show with light my candle stuck in their head let's see and then I moved on uh, today for you which is what Angel's debut song I didn't think much of it listening to it but when I saw it I just saw him the other day how the hell has Angel not broken ankles in those platforms there must have been injuries in rehearsals or something how can you how can you do that in platform shoes and not hurt yourself Everybody talked about uh, how hard went was vocally and how it was killing everybody's voices. They thought it was actually killing everybody's knees. <laughs> mm. And what about the necks with the love here by women having to? Uh, no, it was the knees. That set killed more knees and hips than I wow. can. Even <laughs> I'll cover you. Is it? It's a great oh. little love song, just kind of plonked in the middle there. Um, mm-hmm. That again, that's that's very standalone. Like. You could just remove it from the show and just chuck it on. Great, great song. I should tell you. And I'm sitting there going, yes, you bloody should tell her. That, what the hell? I should tell you. It took that long. And you go, oh, I really should tell her. No shit, you should. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> I watched the pro shot. And I'll get on to the pro shot later. But it's got a 10-minute intermission. And I was at work. And I, I literally sat through the 10-minute intermission. Anyway, Seasons of Love. Uh, was it? Act two starts with Seasons of Love. And that had me Googling how many minutes were in a year. Turns out they were correct. Um, <laughs> I love how, wait, I love how people would think that Jonathan would not have checked that before he wrote the song. <laughs> come on, come on. Um, yeah, it, it was weird though that the movie opens with that. Is that purely just because they, everyone knows this song and let's just chuck it in the front? Don't ask me about that movie. Yeah, I, I turned it off because I'm like, I don't want to see the movie. I want to see... I want to see the musical. It's I don't. I'm not mad with you. You know, you want to really see. I'm. We're. I. I. I am personally petitioning to get that movie remade. Good by those of us who know what we're doing and and to who understand what rent is. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> mm. I'm so sorry, about that. Um, but if you're ever in New York, if you're ever in New York, you can see rent archived at Lincoln Center Library. We are there twice. The downtown show, which is a glorious thing, and the 10-year anniversary. Uh-huh. So the OBC is there twice. And you can see it in the reference library, yeah. 
Yeah, I did see a bootleg of the 10th anniversary concert and bawled my eyes out, Freddie. <laughs> just like every other red tent around the world, we all just cried all the way through that. Uh, not yeah. mad. Oh, there's a lot of crying involved with rent. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, I watched the uh, the 2008 pro shot and I, I think the pro shot does a huge disservice to the show. Yeah. It's painful to watch. Why? Purely because of the camera work. Okay, it's, yeah. They are constantly it's busy. zooming in yeah. and doing close-ups yeah. of people, yeah. and I can't tell yeah. what's going on on stage. I can't tell where they are on stage. Yeah, I want to see the stage. The stage is already staged. It's right in front of you. Just do a static shot of the stage, please. Yes, say what I mean. I say this all yeah. the time on this show, and everyone tells me off yeah. for it. No, it's no, it's true. And I'm like, no, but when I'm in a theater, I can't zoom in. I yes, can't do no, close-ups no, of the panel. Well, I could go left yeah. to right or up and down. Like they need to learn. They need to go back to Fred Astaire, who designed special camera work for dance. Yeah, because he understood that you need to see the full panorama, and you can do mm-hmm. things. You can film stage if you know what you're doing, but you have to take into consideration that you need the panoramic view, and you have to yeah. really establish that well before you start cutting and all that other junk. And there's, you know, it's uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was bad. You know, you're sitting there for two hours going, "I just want to see the stage." Yeah. And once you've got that in your head, film people have to understand stage if they're it, going to shoot it the same way stage people mm. have to understand film if they're going to translate a play into film. And that's what happened to the Rent movie both ways. There was yeah, no so understanding of the genres that you were working in and how to make them translate. And so, no. yeah, that, that was a bit of a shame. I, yeah. uh, no detriment to the show itself. It just, no. the, the pro shot that I watched didn't do it. We justice. do not have a proper film representation okay. yeah no because rent live they butchered it and that was again too busy the poor boy broke his foot <sighs> i know i yeah that was such a disappointment because <laughs> the fact they did it it was ballsy like for them to to do that show of all shows you know on primetime tv in america agreed i was like I was like, okay. Obviously, Fox, like, it was ballsy. And the fact that people didn't like it, I, I was a bit like, just lay off people. No wonder they, they barely do these things because when they do do them, everyone shits all over them. Like, lay off and maybe they will do more of them. Well, some of them suck. <laughs> so I, I was a little, yeah, concerned with the, the recent anime, but I won't get there. We don't need live studio audiences in those bloody things screaming over the singing, crying out loud. Yeah, that, that part, I just like, why do we have the live audience? But whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, sorry. Uh, uh, it's kind of strange. I don't know why. We're not at a rock concert for a crying out loud. Anyways, we are at a rock yeah. musical. Actually, that made more yep. sense for Rent because Rent is like a rock concert in that way. But yeah. Yeah, but still annoying. <laughs> Because they're there to be fans, like fangirls, and just scream. You can't hear the show. Yeah, we can't hear what they're mm-hmm. saying, and it's just, oh, there's a cute boy. You can't hear the show. And, I mean, it's one thing if you're there with Rent Heads and you know the show, blah, blah, blah. It's nothing if you're trying to see the show for the first time, you're trying to show it to the world. It's like, they maybe want to hear the show. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Once again, that's me. I'm, so, I'm weird like that. <laughs> no, no, you're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so basically you know same premise of the show i've i've of this show sorry I, I you know i had not seen it i was trying to figure out why it was so popular what is it exactly and there, there's a you know there's many reasons there's there's jonathan obviously the casting i i understand that there's that cultural significance of rent the representation of the lgbtq community like enough i'm assuming the really broadway hadn't done 
anything like that before, where you've got so many characters, uh, bi, gay, trans, and all of them are up on stage and it's a hit. No, no. And I assume that's that has paved the way for, for oh. much more of that. And there's or or hasn't it? Has it made a huge change? Oh, huge, 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 huge. Half the shows that are up right now would not been up at all if it was not for that. Mm. So yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I got that. Lynn Manuel would not exist if it was not for that. So yeah. And and tick tick boom probably wouldn't have got off the ground. No, no, no. no yeah. definitely not. And I have a question about yeah. that. Um you obviously worked with with Jonathan. How bless his how did Andrew mm. do? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. If he is not nominated, somebody yeah. needs to get slapped. And I think he's gonna win it. Yeah. But uh <laughs> and he's up against Denzel. So uh uh, but if he's not nominated, somebody just has to be slapped because that performance is insanely amazing. Yeah. He brought Jonathan back to life, like yeah. completely. And 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 then of course enhanced, but it's just like, oh my god, just his work is ridiculously incredible. Yeah, yeah I'm hopelessly biased, but I don't care. It, it just is. So now you, you have the, the first hand experience, and as a Renhead um watching it, that's how I imagined him to be as someone who's never met him but has seen interviews or or whatnot, you know what I mean. I wrote Lynn, I was like, Lynn, thank you for bringing him back to life. You set him free, you set his wow. spirit free. And now everyone gets to meet him. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And it's awesome. And I'm just like, yes. And that movie is glorious. It just is. That grin, that, that unmistakable grin that he had that uh, Andrew somehow replicated with the hair. Mm. It was phenomenal performance. and Phenomenal. I, just the fact that it got made again, it's just such a tiny little musical. Falsetto's next, please. If, if anything, you, you, Aaron should have really mentioned this because it wasn't until I started doing my research and into Jonathan and and the other yeah. things that he's done and the other thing you know there's this huge rabbit hole and I, I literally yelled out at the tv going I don't have time for your rabbit hole you should have told me to watch tick tick boom because I just did not have time sorry it wasn't until after it was like literally yesterday I sort of discovered I'm like oh, oh I yeah. should I should really have watched that and I haven't had time it's phenomenal. God damn it. That's okay. You can, there's still time. It's on Netflix and we can, uh, you can follow it up when we do tick, tick, boom. That's no, not going anywhere. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't tell you. Cause it is a separate musical on its own. Yeah. It's, it's always funny every week. I'll, you know, start doing research into things and end up in a huge rabbit hole and, and going, Oh, I, I, I should know more about Jonathan Larson. I, you know, that the whole story is. Yeah. Oh dude. And you want to talk about tick and metal. I mean, you know, Tick is such Jonathan's inner monologue and the ranting and the anger and the, the I mean, there's so much you can associate to fun metal. That I'm sure you can find a whole lot of cool parallels uh, uh, in metal for Tick. Mm, cool. Even that glorious uh, Sondheim uh, number was all about him just kind of shitting on. <laughs> I have to say the CGI, the, the green screen in that, the way they had when the wall came down in the movie and all those mm. actors were on the thing. If you look at it closely, they're all the same size, even though there's some people standing a few meters back. There's, they should have shrunk there. Like it looks really terrible, but I want all those Broadway stars to get together and create the Broadway Megazord, like a big giant Broadway monster <laughs> that's going to save us from the aliens. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Would that not be awesome? That's hilarious. Broadway Megazord. But anyways, okay, now, Evan, I am surprised you have not mentioned scaffolding. So I've got my, my rebuttal prepared. 
Well, we were getting to the scaffolding. Okay. Yes, because, again, if you've listened to this show enough times, Aaron hates scaffolding with a vengeance and thinks it belongs on the outside of buildings. Yes. Um, Not on stage. Now, it was, I I initially saw scaffolding and went, oh, no, oh, oh, no, the scaffolding, Aaron's going to, you know, lose his shit. But um, then, yeah, you look closely at that, that junk sculpture that's sort of incorporated in, in part of it. You know, so it's not just scaffolding. It is, no. it is part of the set and it works really well. It gives that, that you know, down and out sort of look to it. Christmas tree. It's a, a junk Christmas tree? Yes. No, down and out. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, it is a Christmas theme thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it is a, a junk Christmas tree. Yes, I told you it's a Christmas musical. Oh, I didn't, sorry, I didn't recognise it as a Christmas tree. No, that's fine. Yeah, but it is. That's what it's meant to be. It is abstract-ish. Yeah. So, so yeah. I assume, Aaron, I'm going to preempt your uh, opinion that all other scaffolding sucks other than rent. <laughs> No, well, I've got, here's why the scaffolding... Everyone's copying rent. This is my my five reasons why scaffolding works in rent. Right. One, it's a loft. <laughs> Two, it's not scaffolding per se, it's a Christmas tree. Three, it's a goddamn loft. <laughs> Four, there's no stompy stompy. True, true. And five, this isn't scaffolding to be edgy and cool. It's a goddamn fucking loft. <laughs> In the East Village. I'm saying in the East Village where there was nothing but scaffolding because all exactly. the buildings were falling apart. But what's a stompy stompy? When everyone's dancing on the scaffolding. Yeah, and you like oh. you hear the ensemble like stomp, 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 stomp. Like, Fuck off, man. No. Oh, is that people like doing that now? Is everybody ripping yeah. off that doing like that yeah. scaffolding? Hilarious. No, well, uh-huh. Ripping off <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar more so because Rent did it cleverly because you weren't stomping all over it. And even the platform above the, the band isn't really scaffolding. It's just sort of like a... Well, that's the room. That's the... the uh, life support. Meeting room. The life support room, yeah. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like it, but it's not just this big, ugly, silver metal crap thing just in the middle of the stage it's it's not we're trying to be edgy here and doing a groundbreaking version of rent with scaffolding i actually saw a bootleg maybe 10 years ago of i think maybe a hungarian production or something where sets were flying in from the flies like backdrops and like windows and stuff like that like there was an actual moving set and you know what it didn't suck Really? It wasn't in your face like Tommy. Amazing. Like it wasn't full throttle, everything's moving all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a bit of a difference in setting. And I kind of liked that because I am sort of sick of seeing just the same sort of... I'm saying I've thought about it many times how I can see Rent on film and I've thought about it how on stage, how it could be different. I mean, it has to stay minimalist because... These people don't have a lot of stuff. Rent is not about stuff. It shouldn't be about stuff, right? So it should definitely be, but I could see, like I could see a couple of things. Like if you had a really good fly system, I could actually kind of see how that could be very cool. Yeah, like big, big frosted windows and stuff. I'm I'm actually directing, I'm doing Colored Purple right now and I'm getting ready to do some really fun stuff with scrims and stuff like that. I love minimalist theater and I love, um, mm. so I love Lion King. Lion King feels like this huge lush thing, but it's not. Some of the simplest stage tricks you've ever seen and very simple, mm. clean designs that, you know, they are amazing, but they're not yeah. like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how I to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I, even I noticed looking at rent, you know, you literally, apart from the, the set, 
it's literally a couple of tables and a few chairs. Yeah, right. that's that's pretty much right. it. But that's where we right. are. Like we're in this sort of dingy loft. We're in a loft. Right. That's right. Yeah, but they still they did like you know cafe scene and they did change scenes, but just did it with a couple of tables and a few chairs. Yeah. And speaking of Mark's camera, I love the scene yeah. where the homeless lady gives him a serve. That was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Too many goddamn artists. So what did you think of Christmas Bells? The big number where they're, they're all singing like all over the street. It's the other sort of homeless. Yeah, the, the next one. The yeah. next one. The homeless part. Yeah. It's the quintet. Is that the No Room at the Holiday Inn song? Or? Yeah. Room yes, at the yeah. Holiday Inn. No yeah. Chestnuts roasting on open fire. What did you think of that? Because some people would hear that and think messy, but I hear such musicality in it. Like It's the quintet. It's the West Side Story quintet. That's what that is. That was his Sondheim tour, you know, toss. Yeah, you know, and they, during the story, they keep talking about, you know, the, the, the tent city or the homeless, um, you yeah. know, issue is it next door. And that's kind of what the Maureen's protesting. Yes. I think. Right, exactly. They, they want to clear them out. They, they, yeah, I mean, you need them in there. They, they needed... Their, their time yeah yeah and i'm saying yeah. right exactly they do need their time but uh, uh structurally uh story-wise but also musically i mean i can imagine that just listening to it and never having seen it it would be hard to envision what's going on yeah. but yeah had no idea <laughs> right so you see what i'm saying that may i don't know what decisions were made i haven't listened to the album in a very long time i don't know what decisions were made about how to mix that yeah. But honestly, if you were, I would think that that a lot would be going on in the mix that would allow you to go, okay, prominent sound here, prominent. But remember, Jonathan was dead. So he yeah. could not say, I want to make sure mm. that we hear these lyrics, those lyrics, you know what I mean? Yeah. To make sure that the story was being told. You would think, once again, people who are doing albums, you have to understand theater in order to really make it work, you know? Mm. It was mixed mm. like a rock album. It's mixed like a, it's that I knew. I remember they talking about how they were going to mix it like a real, you know, like a real rock album as opposed to like a theater album. And I was like, well, that obviously and stuff like Christmas Bells did not necessarily pay off. You see what I mean? So once again, my job was to show up and sing it. And that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, you ready to get angry? Why? I got to finish. I got, I got a paragraph left. Oh, okay, God, go on. <laughs> All in all, I'm Team Benny. Benjamin Coffin III has got his shit together. Buy a building, collect rent from it. Use that cash to fund your passion project five years down the track. Build a studio for all of them to use. That was their dream. And he was making it happen. And he got it sorted. He's a man with a plan. And if only these deadbeat tenants would pay him some goddamn rent. Benny was a dick. Benny was a dick. <laughs> he would, he, he's called the cops on Maureen. He should be calling the cops on these squatters. Benny was a dick. He was a fucking trumper. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, oh, the, pre yeah. the precursor to all of that. So, yeah, no, fuck oh. that. Fuck Benny. <laughs> and that, that's Tay Diggs as well. Yeah. Who, who, we love uh, Tay, but the character, yeah. Jonathan knew exactly what he was doing. Jonathan was writing all these people that you see now who could give a shit about anybody while they profess to be so godly and so righteous and mm -hmm. so upstanding when they really don't give a fuck about anyone but themselves. And so, yeah, no, Freedoms. fuck Benny. Fuck that. Fuck yeah, they're like, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I saw it in <laughs> Melbourne. And you know what I actually found, Freddie? I found my original oh. ticket from 1999. And oh, I found cool. my, my movie ticket. Like, what a oh, cool. I know, but we, don't, we won't talk about the movie there. Uh, okay, now, where do you think these characters would be today? Oh, who knows? 
I mean, who knows? I, I you know, that, that's unpro- that you can't say those things. Well, Benny clearly raided the Capitol on January. 6th. I'm saying, you know, what I mean, actually, <laughs> Benny's probably the cat. He's probably in the cabinet or Congress by now. You know what I mean? Yeah. At that point, he's Ben Carson. You know what I'm saying? Or one of those dickwads. And so, uh, um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> but, but once again, I hate doing that kind of stuff because a, I'm not Jonathan, so I have no idea what trajectory he would have seen yep. for his characters. And because that's the beauty of writing. When you're writing, you're God. You are the one who gets to decide how they start, how they finish. Mm-hmm. But also just in the randomness of humanity you can't really predict what people are going to do or be you can guess you can take some educated guesses but people can change they can't they can evolve they can do all sorts of things i mean where we last left them you would think mimi would be dead in a year you would not know if roger Mm. would ever you know Mm -hmm. find himself uh um roger maybe will heal maybe he won't Oh gosh, Joanne, she probably would have, I don't know if she would have been hoping, I would hope that Joanne would have grown past me. I was actually disappointed that that Mimi uh, woke up. I'm like, you know, Rogers, he sung his song. He, he finally, hit, that was his mission statement, right song, and he sung the song to her, and then she wakes up. I'm like, oh, that could have been really poignant if she was, you know, he sung his song to her before she died, but she wakes up. You know, I would, yeah, I would like to have her there are those who would are we we actually talked a lot about that i don't know it's a musical they want a happy ending whatever you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah <laughs> you did get that happy ending <laughs> i mean we already killed it we killed angel that was enough that you know what i mean yeah yeah there was a, the, i've seen a lot of discussion in in my research doing uh, i've seen a lot of discussion of people saying because of the unfortunate events with jonathan uh it's locked in stone like like no one will dare touch it yeah. it's that Good. is it and that's how it's going to be forever Good. <laughs> Good. Possibly. Good. I'm saying possibly. I, I don't think I don't. I mean, people, th- yeah. there's other works of Jonathan, like Tick and whatever that can be interpreted, but I don't think anybody needs to really reinterpret uh, Rent. They just need to film it properly. No, and they did on the West End. They did Rent Revisited mm-hmm. as sort of a techno modern. Fuck off. It didn't need it. Um, but, anyways, what's what? Yeah, they did re- Rent Revisited no. as a modern, in the 2000s, as a modern techno version of it. Hmm. I'll have to see that. It's not good, what I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay. But what's one mantra from the show that you think has been lost in today's age? You think maybe we've forgotten? I don't think anything's been forgotten. Everybody seems to be quite clear. At least the rent, well, I mean, mostly people who are contacting me about rent are rent heads. So they all know there's only one mantra, no day but today. And if anybody hasn't figured that out yet, I feel sorry for them, especially after COVID. There is no day but today, no moment but the one you're in. And forget regret or life is yours to miss. I mean, that rent has cellularly changed me in that way. And I'm grateful for it because yeah. now I am I live in the present and enjoy my life in ways that I never dreamed possible. And it's all by choice. Yeah. All you have to do to be happy is choose happiness. And it's amazing how simple it is. On a, on a personal note, but the I've talked about my bullying and violence and stuff like that. The, the day before I saw rent, like the day of, I had had sandwiches thrown at me and got spat on called a faggot. Oh my. By people in New York? No, no, by people at my school. Oh, you know. oh, yeah. Teenagers, whatever. Yeah, sure. I was only about 13. That's it. But I, yeah. I yeah, high school sucks. Mm-hmm. I was shy and hidden and I'd go to the theater and flourish. But when I walked into that theater and I knew some of the songs, but I didn't know what this was about. And I tell you what, it smacked me the fuck around. 
and it said wake up kid and i've said this for for 20 years now or something like that so this is why it means so much to me because i walked out of there and and my life changed as well because i suddenly had a bit of confidence i was broken i was hurting but it didn't matter because you were heard you were seen yes i was and there was no day but today and there are people out there that are in the same positions that i am and they're just screaming and singing their heart out about it and i don't know what it was i really don't know what it was i wrote a play after rent live called rent stories because people like you from all over the world started writing and calling and, and texting and posting and telling us how rent had saved their life Literally, I did not kill myself because of rent. I can now talk mm. to my LGBTQ kid because of rent. My kid didn't kill himself because of rent. And now we can come, you know, we can have a conversation. I know who I am now because of rent. I, you know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. Just millions and millions of people writing this stuff in. So I put out a call. I was like, send me your stories. And I made a play out of them. And it's a living play. Wow. I, I changed the stories. It's only designed to be benefits for theater companies or, or rent friendly type organizations. Yeah. And uh, and I it's designed to be a living place so I can change the stories and add and move stories around depending on what the organization is and what we're focusing on and whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yes, uh, uh, if you know any cool organizations that uh, uh, all they have to do is come to my website and contact me and we can talk about doing the play for their benefit, because that's what it's for. It's for benefits only. You should submit your story. Cool. You could end up in it. being inundated by people's because you, I assume you're inundated by stories that would have been interesting to not, you know, I'm sure there's quite dark ones in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a dark place, man. How, you know, it would it be, I'm just wondering how, how hard that is to, to, you know, what to include and what to leave out. Well, I'm, I was going for the ones that were really the deep ones, you know what I'm saying? Because that yeah. was the whole point is that people who went to the depths of themselves and found themselves out, found their way out because of this. Yeah. And that is, that's exactly mm. what I wanted. Yeah. Well, in the, the following year, I became a Christian and then I became a punk. So <laughs> that's where rent led me. Oh, score Evan. Oh, score of rent. Um, It's a hard one. Cause like rent's a moment in time that I wasn't really here for. You weren't. What a shame. Like I'm in the wrong country. No, I was I was like, you know, in the country in Australia, had no idea about the Reagan administration, their complete, you know, inaction on anything. Yeah. So yeah, discovering a lot later. Give it a score. I don't know. That's a hard one. Remember this got a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it won everything, didn't it? Yeah. No, it did. That it did. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go probably the same as same as your um Nightwish. I'm I'm gonna go four, four out of five. Yeah. Um yeah, cool. I don't know. It's very long. Plays are getting longer. That's the only issue I have. It's and I I listened to it twice and I watched it sort of one and a half <laughs> times and I've put nearly 10 hours into this thing. It is long. Yeah. But I don't know what you could cut though. That's the other problem. I mean, what, what do you cut down? Yeah, what do you cut? There's not a lot that you can shorten no, no, other no. than Maureen. That whole, yeah, the whole performance. Protest piece, that's quite long. I don't think it needs to be that long. But other than that, there's there's not a lot you could cut out of there, is there? I do have one valid question. Yeah, yeah go. You, you first. And then I have a public apology to Jonathan. Okay. You, you keep talking about rent heads. And I read somewhere in my research, was the rent heads camping out for tickets, was that the start of the lotteries? Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. This got young people back into the theatre where Tommy couldn't. Yes. Or Tommy didn't like this. Got people back lining up. So there you go. I mean, that's that's changing the industry right there. Where you yeah. 
where you're dishing out, you know, $10, $20 tickets. Yeah. Well, it got, and it, we changed the industry in a lot of ways, but they were there because yeah. they saw themselves. That's why they were there because it was the first yeah. time they saw themselves on the stage. And so they were there. Wow. Well, there you go. Hmm. Yeah. Young artists and gay people and trans and all sorts like it was. Now, I have a public apology to Jonathan Larson when I was maybe. 13 years old I totally performed over the moon in class and got an A plus for it because the teacher thought I wrote it so thank you (laughs) oh hilarious thank you Jonathan that A plus I'm sorry I didn't earn any money for it I just got an A plus and then I ended up getting ducks in drama but I am sure Jonathan would have loved that very much (laughs) yeah to the teacher that that was I really don't care about you mate I'm Fuck your school. Anyways, <laughs> sorry to Jonathan for stealing over the moon there. No one understood it. I don't even think I properly understood it at the time, but I just thought it was just this crazy, silly, over-the-top performance piece that I knew would make the teacher give me at least an A. And it worked. It did. Uh, but anyways, on that note, we're going to chuck to a quick ad break. We'll be back in a moment. G'day listeners, Aaron here. While you're topping up your coffees, did you know that you can support our show and go on a fantastically scary adventure at the same time? Go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to grab your copy of The Toniston Tales, a darkly funny Aussie trilogy about a young boy who rescues injured animals in his spare time and the roller coaster ride he's taken on by a literal fish out of water. Written by me, the village idiot of Thrash and Treasure, you'll come to love Toniston Turnbull and the dozens of wacky characters that he meets along the way. And here is a sneak peek. After barely three hours of light sleep, Toniston Turnbull slowly opens his eyes, his body feeling heavier than it ever has before. Not from extra weight, from tiredness and stress. Polly sighs in the shadows behind him, the flame of the nearest barbed wire tiki torch tower having died down, but not out, while Toniston napped. Are you awake? Toniston whispers. How can I sleep in this place? Polly moans, turning onto her side and facing Toniston, who stays on his back, imagining obscure animal-esque shapes in the rusted tin roof above them, shadows faintly formed by the nearest dying torches. We need to work out a way to get out of here, Toniston states the obvious. He whispers, despite the fact the nearest shacks to their own are several metres away, and the occupants presumably asleep, as most prisoners seem to be. How? There's no fence to squeeze through, or even climb, Polly replies, sitting up in bed and then stretching out her sore arms. The hairs stand on end from the slight chill in the air. I don't know, but I think the whole fighting thing is a distraction. You mean to distract the other prisoners when new ones arrive? No, I I think that was just bad timing. Didn't you notice? Toniston goes on to explain his theory. That fight happened. Everybody gathered around. I didn't see one person who wasn't watching. And then when I vomited, the only gate in this place closed shut. What are you trying to say? I think something happened when everyone's back was turned. Like what? Whispers Polly, her voice breaking up in fear. I don't know. That's what we've got to find out. Toniston's brain starts working overtime, but it's strange that nobody seems to want to leave. They seem almost happy. Definitely content. 
So, when's the next one of those stupid beatdowns? Toniston can't help but think Polly looks tough, almost evil in the shadows, as she asks, I don't know, Toniston begins, but both teenagers are distracted by a crumbling noise in the distance. Hopping out of bed, Toniston joins Polly on her own, equally uncomfortable one. Spotting a large, white package hovering close to the cave ceiling, behind it, a shadowy figure. The package is lowered down, causing the teenagers themselves to lower as well, hoping not to be spotted by whom, or what, may be operating this obscure crane. Over a long, slow descent, the package is dropped to the ground. Polly keeps her eyes on it, but Toniston looks up immediately, spotting a large black shadow scurry away to God only knows where. Come, he whispers, as he quietly hops off her bed, slipping into his docks with bare feet. Polly follows his lead. Careful to keep watch on all directions, the teenagers swiftly sneak over to the white package, their hearts beating an almost tribal jam in perfect harmony, and stopping in their tracks as the sudden realisation of what lies before them sinks in. A woman, seemingly in her early twenties, wrapped up in bandages from the neck down. No, not bandages. Is that spiderweb? Polly asks, completely mortified at the prospect. Grab your copy of The Toniston Tales from thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore today. Hooroo! Alright, we're back with Thrash and Treasure. I'm Aaron, that's Evan, and we are joined by Rent Star, Freddie Walker-Brown. Goodness gracious me. Now, I have to ask, you played Rafiki. Can you tell me what Nyans Ingunyama Bagithi Baba means? Nyans Ingunyama. Yeah, well, I almost got it right. I Actually, I wasn't reading it at the time. It was underneath that paper, so I did that from memory. Goodness Ooh. gracious me. Do you know what that means? I've heard it completely butchered. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, it's a greeting to... It's it's an announcement of the birth of the uh, the Lion King, the, the prince, basically. The prince is born. Come see, the, come see the lion. Lion's born. Come see the lion. It doesn't really translate smoothly, but no. basically, yeah. lion is born. Come see the lion. You know. Yeah. Here he comes or something like that. Yes. Now, so I know that because I'm a nerd, but whenever anyone else sings along to it, they have no idea what they're saying. Um, Please. I saw a show choir. I've never been so mad in my life. It was all I could do not to turn off their microphones because I was in the booth. They actually went, sha na 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 sha na 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 I was like, I hate you all right now. <laughs> I was going to, I was, I was going to turn off the lights and the mics. I was like, click, click, just now. Shana Nana, how dare you? I'd rather you butcher it, at least you're, if you're trying, right? Yeah. But come on, come on, come no, on. Goodness gracious me. I, sorry, just back on, on Rent, Joanne's actually the character I relate to the most because she gets shit done. She knows what she's got a, a bloody head on her shoulders. Plus, but she also makes lists in her sleep, which is the big <laughs> reason why. And that is what I do, as I've said on this show before, when I lie down to go to bed, I work. Now that... Just so you know, that's not Joanne. That's me. Oh, really? Take Me is the last song Jonathan ever wrote, I oh, think. Oh, it's wow. among his last songs. It might be the last. It's certainly the last one he wrote for the show. I do believe mm -hmm. it might be the last song he ever wrote, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. And he wrote it off of us. That song did not exist at the beginning of rehearsals. He wrote it from our personalities off of us. So that Joanne is me, yeah. that list maker and that 
get it done, girl. That's me. And he observed, he talked about being seen. He saw me in a way, I didn't even know the man that long. And he saw me in a way and then immortalized me in song. And I'm forever free because of it. And I just, I don't even know. I don't have words to thank him. That's why I keep his pictures in all my rooms so he can see all my students and just see everything that we're doing so that he can be a part because he just did so much for all of us. Oh, but anyway, so I'm going to get emotional if we keep talking about him because my eyes have welled up a couple of times. But that that's your reward, is it? Being able to relate to some skinny white dude in Australia. Works for me. We're all people, darling. That's why I tell you, rent is not race or gender specific. No. It's about humans. Humans exactly. going through human stuff together. That's it. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, it wasn't until you actually said, you know, rent is not about race that I did, did click and sort of went, hey, yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not. That's why I, I never knew Angel was Latino. There isn't. It's not. I didn't even notice. It, it it's was... never mentioned. It's not about race. It's not. No. Right. Because you're not no. supposed to notice. I mean, we love mm. that there were colors of character. We love that, though, especially those of us who played them and those mm. of us out there who were able to see that and and you know yeah. I mean, like i said there were so many ways for people to identify with the people in rent right but it's not about that it's no. not about that at no. all it never was no no rent could be done with fish as long as they can sing it <laughs> all right now you recently released a single it took a law to make me human now am i wrong in that this has a feeling of a modern day ball of confusion by the temptations Oh, I'm um, flattered by that comparison. Yeah, because that's a hell of a song, and I love that song. Isn't it fantastic? Yes, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, it took a lot. It's a protest song, and uh, I call it an American history lesson. So yes, it does kind of go through that sort of spectrumy thing. The way I'm like, wow, ball of confusion. That's very flattering. Uh, so I thought that was might have been your intention. I, I was like, literally written, or am I way off? No, actually, no. No, yeah. I wrote it because Fatboy made me mad. He made me so mad I started writing beats. I was in, sitting around in COVID and Fatboy was pissing me off. And, yeah. you know, we're all just sitting at home. And I'm always telling the people I mentor, I'm like, look, you got a sound studio in your computer. You have a movie studio and these stupid computers. You can make something. Just don't be mad. Don't sit around, bitch, all day. Make something. Do something. Mm -hmm. So I did it. I just started writing beats and I made an album. <laughs> yeah. And two of the singles are out. The the other single, Breaks and Hose. Breaks and Hose is the income inequality song. And the title song, One People, One Planet, will drop soon. Very soon. Yeah, we just lost Evan. I know, I saw that. Hilarious. Um, yeah, he's having in internet connections. He's literally in the arse end of the country, and we're already at the arse end of the world in Australia. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of Australia, back to your resume, you've listed a bunch of accents on there. But not Aussie. Are you kidding? Are we not? Are we not good enough? Not good enough. Like I asked you if you even have black people in Australia. I, I tried to do accents <laughs> that I'm going to get hired for. Okay, touche, <laughs> touche. It's a very hard accent to do, but I was impressed with your g'day when you came. Uh, when oh, thank you. I um, welcomed well, you in. I love accents. I love uh, languages because they're just music. It's just another song. Yes, me too. Ebony, you yes, you're blinking. You're back. Yeah, yeah. I, my internet died. I switched it. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. Now you're free. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You're frozen up again. That's all right. You, um, Never mind. Can I one day please see you as Mama Rose? Because your vocals Ooh. fucking nail it. Mama Rose. Yes. I'm trying to do Mama Morton. Oh yes. I want to do Mama Morton. I can't. I can't. I'm not normally an actress who is like, oh, that role is mine or whatever. But Mama Morton is such a no-brainer. I don't understand it. I want to do Mama Morton. I'm trying to get an internet campaign to get me in that show. I need to do that show. But Mama Rose is like, you know, everybody's bucket list, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I really want to say. It's funny you say that because I want them to do Gypsy Live on NBC with Queen Latifah, who played Mama Morton in the Chicago movie. But I, want... I know, but there's one problem. See, see, there's a huge problem with that. Yeah. As much as I would fantasize about doing Mama Rose, Gypsy is a biopic. So, so is Hamilton. It matters. So is, no, so is Hamilton. This is true. Now, this is true, but somehow, I don't know, completely reinterpreting our founding fathers in that way is one thing, but yeah. a straight up biopic like Gypsy, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I just, I, you know, I don't know. I'm all for non-traditional casting when it makes sense. Like my, like on my bucket list is Mrs. Love It. I yeah. would love to play that role, well, especially now that yeah. Norm has played Sweeney. I'd yeah. love to play Mrs. Love It. Mm-hmm. But gypsy's a biopic you know what i'm saying and so yeah, I, I, don't so... I, I don't know i don't know i don't know i just don't know i mean i do it in a heartbeat in a heartbeat so so is tick tick boom roger bart was played by joshua henry a biopic yeah 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 yeah. but nobody no nobody knows who those people are well <laughs> okay. everyone knows desperate housewives and they jo- know george the pharmacist because he was adorable and everyone loved him and i think he got killed or something like that i don't remember that oh um but yeah no he he I, I don't think about it. Look, I've grown up. I guess it's my I, I love that you can see it that way. I really do. I don't yeah, know. If it's my ignorance. I don't, I don't I, it's not ignorance. It's it's you know, it's I've had many audiences. I ushered Broadway before I got on Broadway. And that was one of the most incredibly educational moments of my life. I learned yep. so much about theater in general from both the audience point of view, director point of view. Yep. Actually, it was amazing, an amazing gig. And audiences constantly would say they didn't care about those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you never know. It would, I, I don't know. For me, it's a bit of a stretch, but you know, you never know. If that, if that was off with the role, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So there you have it. I, I know that Hello Dolly, obviously, or not, not a biopic, but they. See, Dolly they, is different. See, that's yeah. different. It's not a biopic. Uh, uh, she's not really a real person, Dolly Levi. She was sort of a real person ish. Um, I'm not sure. It was based on a play, but like they did the the version with Pearl Bailey and I know, and I think she's based on a real person. And they made it all black because you wouldn't have the miscegenation back in those days, even though stuff like that happened. But I mean, think about it. Everybody thinks that Broadway, and this is for you too, Evan. All the people out there who think that Broadway is just light and fluffy and whatever, la la la. I want you all oh, to know the very first Broadway show. The first Broadway show was Showboat. Story about interracial marriage and passing for white. Yeah, it's always been progressive. The very first word to be sung on a Broadway show in a, a book musical was nigga. Niggas all work on the Mississippi. Oh, that was God. the beginning. It is. That is the beginning of Showboat, 1929. The first wow. Broadway book musical. Yeah. That black is. people okay. were on stage in droves but could not come to see. 1929. Yeah. This is- oh, wow. oh, of course. Yeah, they wouldn't be allowed in the theater. No, this is no. huge. I mean, Broadway has always been groundbreaking, breaking, edgy social mm-hmm. commentary from day one. Yep. So nobody get confused. It's not a bunch of light and fluffy la la la. It's not. Never was. No. No. Yeah, no. Wow. It's become pretty apparent on this show. I mean, <laughs> we haven't done, recorded the Gypsy episode yet, but even that is about strippers. So, you know, Strippers, bad mothers, mental, you know, mental problems. Yeah, the whole bit, mm, right? Yeah. Mm. I'm only just learning that it was a biopic. Didn't you know? Oh, we, we haven't gotten to that Oh, yet. Gypsy Rose Lee, yeah, real person. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched it. I've, I've watched it. I've listened to it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's coming up. 
Um, and no, I didn't know it was based on a real person. Yes, it, it is my ignorance, though, because I believe the best person for the job. And I don't look at someone and go, well, they don't look like the part, but they inhabit the part. And that's what I want to see. That's what I want. There's, there, there is that. And like I said, I'm all for that for non-traditional casting when it really makes yeah. sense. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so it's, uh, to me, it's just the casting. No, I, I think you'd nail it. I, I agree, Doug. Yeah, I don't, I don't see I don't I don't see the issue like you know what background um, Gypsy is from. I don't think it would make a difference. It's you know it's about a mother you know pushing pushing the children. It's universal again, and it's not about race. You know, yeah, exactly pushing the children. I'm I'm saying exactly you could do it. You could definitely. And I mean, let's face it. I mean, I guess Sondheim would really want to kill me now, but. I mean, if you took it and did it in blackface, you would have to put it there in vaudeville. You'd have to put it on the Chitlin circuit, which would be just, I mean, that's an interpretation that honestly, if anybody had the stones to do, I'd be down with because you could really, it could be amazing. It really Mm -hmm. could be. But, you know, you would have to suspend the fact that this is based on an actual real person. But we do. We sit down on these seats and we're looking at a box that lights up. We're already in this fantasy world. I know. I know. I don't don't get it. To me, it's just the casting. It shouldn't be a big deal, but apparently it is now. It's become a big deal. And I think y'all did all white rents. You're trying to tell me that there's no color thing going on over there? No, I'm. There definitely is. I definitely raised an eyebrow when you said there was an all white rent three of them and i'm like and, and we're in australia i don't like you said you, you're not sure of the demographic of australia but if you go down to the main city you know the main street in, in the middle of the city and you look down the street it's everything we right. you know everyone from everywhere there's africa yeah. there's everything i can't wait i would love to see our show yes please come and uh you know it's literally everything we we are really really multicultural i don't know how you could possibly cast any cast of any show and not get a diverse cast i don't see how that would happen unless you're trying not to (laughs) yeah you'd have to be trying not to yeah you're casting your friends you're casting your friends, yeah. that's why. And clearly you don't have enough diverse friends to And it's goddamn um, rent. Cover. How do you not I, have I know, a diverse I know, cast? I know, just don't They went wrong. out of their way to do that. They definitely did. Actually, I've seen a all white once on this island. That's worse. <laughs> yes, I, I could imagine that. It's once okay. I don't know it. I've seen an all white the whiz. It's worse. (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, but once on this island is actually about race. Race. It's about race. (laughs) These blacker than coal and low as dirt, they describe her in the music. It's about race. You do an all white version. It's a it's a comment on classism and and race. Like you can't really do that. Actually, it's the interesting part is when I see the all white versions, they play up the classism, obviously, because you have to but still yeah it's hilarious it's like wow okay yeah so there you have it and i was gonna say america but it's like australia seems to be right up there with oh it is exactly the same unfortunately <laughs> now uh, evan do you have any questions because i've only got two more i love the fact you're, yeah. you're you're teaching you know there needs to be more teachers in the world just in general i, I love that so many legacy performers are passing on that because you must we are a trade yeah. We are a trade mm. and it is your obligation to take on apprentices and pass on the craft. 
We yeah. are a trade. That is what yeah. we do. But you're also yeah. in an industry full of egos and it's very easy for someone not to want to pass on their skills or not to want to hear you're the next me or something like that. Like I said, one day you're going back to being who, whether you like it yeah. or not. Mm. Yes. You're smart. You'll give yourself a legacy way beyond your work because your legacy in the people and in your apprentices will keep your work alive. Exactly. Uh, now, what's been your experience with standing ovations? Quite a few of them. Yeah. Have you noticed a change in audiences? Have you been in an audience where you're like, what the hell are you standing up for? Or Oh, like more of them than ever? Yes. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of that at like award shows and stuff, but whatever. I mean, I, yes. I mean, how am I going to get mad for people for applauding? <laughs> If you want to blow up, you know what I'm saying? Come on. Let's thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to say thank you very much. And if y'all do it for too long, then we got to sit you down because, you know, Teamsters overtime. Let's finish the show. <laughs> the unions are going to come get you. Yeah. Oh, they do. Trust yep. me. Yeah. You do not want to send your show into overtime. You don't. No. What about in the middle of a show? Oh, well, I mean, you know, what can I say? Me and Dina stopped the show several times. Yeah. And then we had to make them sit down because they were still clapping. And it's like, well, no, yeah. seriously, show's already very long. We had to stop. <laughs> we appreciate it very much. But I got to sit down. Though. We've got a whole second act to do. All right. Uh, now, what's your... Yeah, that's That's got to be one of the most unique... Sorry, I was, I was, it's got to be one, one of the most... Uh unique reactions of, of i am not going to stop people applauding yeah i'm going to take that applause well yeah. why is that unique i don't know any actor that wouldn't take that what that doesn't even make no sense no trust no we get a lot of people saying going you get a lot of people saying oh the the, yeah. you know, the the standing ovations are getting too common they're they're standing ovations for no reason they mean we didn't nothing. deserve it <laughs> yeah um yeah. you know or they don't stand when they think they should have Oh my God, are you kidding? Somebody left their house, paid their hard-earned money to come see us do something. And they liked it enough to clap for it. What's wrong with you? No, it's not, it's not necessarily just clapping. Like the, yeah, the applause sitting down, yeah, that's, sorry, that's, that's your reward. Whatever. Yeah. Right? I mean, seriously, yeah. whatever. Don't y'all know that song? That's the most down-to-earth answer we've had so far. There's a whole show called Applause, right? That, what, yes. what is it that we're living for? Applause, applause, come on. It's, 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 the whole thing is stupid. Of course you love the applause. That's the whole point, aside from the check. Yeah, besides the check. And most of the yeah. time, it's the applause and no check. So yeah, you better take your applause while you can get it. <laughs> Lucky anybody's clapping for you at all. God. If I clap for myself, that counts. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, your pers- what's your personal professional pet peeve? But nothing cliche. So I don't want to hear sexism or bigotry or racism or anything like nothing that we always hear about. What's your professional pet peeve that you think like we can do better? Huh. I mean, it's interesting because things have changed a lot and women are going to be running junk soon and i'm looking forward to that i think in general like one of the things that changed that i'm really glad about is that directors just don't get to be dicks anymore mm-hmm. you know that used to be like a thing like you're you know you could totally get away with this bullshit i'm so glad that's over and in general it looks like like it like you know like the whole worker movement that's going on in america or i suppose around the world now post-covid but like in general in the arts there's artists are demanding their respect as artists as people as workers we are workers in an 80 to 800 Mm. billion dollar industry and you know yeah producers and the people in the office whatever but they're not coming to see them they're coming to see us and so to demand our respect and to get treated like human beings like the whole mental health thing that's happening now and just just that whole thing that i'm loving this whole thing that's happening because now maybe we'll get treated like actual 
the worth that we really are. You know what mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's only the top tiny percent of us that make any real money. So the rest of us do it because it's our vocation and our love and our sanity, but to actually then be treated decently, to not be like stranded overseas, to actually have our checks cash on time, to make sure that, you know, our working conditions are safe and, and all, you know, and, and, and feeling like we are able to say, we want that. We demand that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I like seeing all that happen now. All that is so the change is happening. So anything that might have been a, a pet peeve, I don't even know is going to exist in a minute, at least in its original form. It'll probably morph into something else because, you know, humanity is once again full of ego and full of, you know, um, mm-hmm. fake power and all that other junk. And you still run into those things. Yeah. You know, you, you do. You run into people who think that power is about titles and money, which of course it is not. And so, uh, uh, and, and, you know, and it's funny because there's a, a, a lot of people like that in our business. And for me, people like that don't deal with me for very long because they, they cannot take, uh, they cannot take people who are complete inside themselves. They can't handle that. There, there's nothing to tear down when you, when you, I'm not giving my power. I'm here to get a check. If you're not giving me one, then fuck you. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't, if yeah. I need applause, I can go to karaoke. I don't need you to validate my talent. I need you to give me a fucking check and make sure that it cashes on time and that it's exactly what I want. See what I mean? And so when you meet, when people like that meet people like me, they're like, oh no, we can't because they can't. There's nothing for, there is no win there. There's no win for them because their win is taking your power and, and sucking off your, your ego or whatever. And, uh, uh, and if more people, I'm hoping that more of us in the business are becoming more complete and whole in what we're doing. And then we'll stop giving our power away in the wrong ways and taking it back in the right ways. And it is, it is uh, as I've said numerous times, it is a changing landscape out there, and it is absolutely fascinating watching it. Yeah, it's fabulous. I love it. I want that phrase as a T-shirt. I want that on a T-shirt. What? If, if I wanted your applause, I'd go to do karaoke. Oh, if I need applause, I'd go to karaoke. Yes, you can put that on a T-shirt and quote me, please. Damn straight. I've been saying that for years. It's true. I tell my students that all the time. I'm like, look, if you want to do not go to auditions to validate your talent, you go to auditions to get a job. Everybody's fucking talented. If you want applause, go to karaoke. That's what yeah. it's for. Open mic, karaoke, beautiful. You get all the applause you want. Do you think I tell people? I go to karaoke. I don't tell people anything. They don't know me. I walk in, I sing the song. Like, oh my God, you're so good. You should be a professional. I'm like, really? And then they, <laughs> they buy me a couple of drinks and everybody's happy and I go home. It's fabulous. I get my little ego stroke, a couple yeah. of free cocktails, and then I get back to work. <laughs> in, in the UK, you know, they don't even pay for their tour accommodation. No, really? Mm-hmm. The cast have to do it themselves. What? Yep. I don't think so. Hell so there's no. a, a campaign at the moment to get that to change. Array yeah. unions. Well, y'all need a union. That's yes. why we have actors' equity. That's what unions are for. That's and uh, yeah, because once again, we are tradesmen. We are tradespeople, just like plumbers and electricians. We're tradespeople, and uh, uh, and we work yep. like that. And so yeah, and we have to think like that. And work really fucking hard, like eight shows a week. Goodness gracious me. 400 games a year, baby. I want to see any basketball player, football player match that. I really do. And for the money they make, <laughs> God. Yeah. No, tell me about it. And, yep. and they, they're the ones that get the free tickets to your opening nights. Fuck off. And, and we don't. And we don't. <laughs> oh, you don't. Yeah. You're, you're not don't. getting invited to the Olympics opening ceremony for crying out loud. You'd, you'd get asked to sing yes that's what happened and it would be the whole cast of your show yes. and maybe payment maybe 
I'm saying it's still cool. I take it, but you know, we got asked to do a bunch of junk like that. Oh but, no, you know. yeah. they're, they're not performing at your opening night, is what I'm saying. Though they're, no, they're not getting up not. to do the fucking national anthem before. Absolutely not. The curtain on rent goes up, even though there's not a a curtain on that show. Uh, so what'd you say, Evan? Sorry, I was singing at the Olympics. You'll do it for the exposure, surely. Yes, for the exposure. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, true. But uh, but there's an inequity there that that's. Um, we've spoken about it a few times before that it seems to be that you guys in in theater especially because it doesn't happen in film as much i mean sure there's the big premieres and all that but a film might pre- have five big major premieres you guys get one on broadway well actually not at the moment there's you know opening and reopening and all that but mm. i want to see some producers go out there find some art schools Find some fans of that composer or musical. Give them the tickets. Give the, the low-income families the tickets to opening night. This is one of my favorites. How about this? Have a contest yep. for the best theater in your high, like the high school theaters in your town. Yep. Have them all compete for like their local Tonys. And the winners get to all come to see a Broadway show. Yep. On opening night doing the red carpet and all that jazz because Ooh. I'm not spending $150 of my hard-earned money on a show to see when I know the night before some rich asshole was given a free ticket plus free drinks plus all the publicity that comes with it. VIP parking. Purely for their image. Even then seeing that rich person on the red carpet doesn't make me want to buy a ticket. But if I was to see that they were to give, say, art students the tickets, I would be like, hey, that's there's producers I want to support. That's a show I want to support because at least then they're showing me it's not about freaking ego. It's not about getting these people who, who have nothing to do with the arts on the red carpet. Bugger off. Anyways, that's that's my pet peeve. That and cast album bloody thing. Cast album credits. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. I'm still finding that. Yeah, no, the streaming thing is yeah. is, is interesting. That's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah. About. We we want you guys to be looked after. That's yeah, what... no, we do too. <laughs> no, we do yeah. too. Yeah. It's what I've noticed a yeah. lot recently where I'm having to listen to these listen to these musicals, you know, week after week. And it's it's a new musical each week. And often I will hear a song and go, Wow, that person's amazing. And you look on the Spotify credit and it will it'll say the yeah. character. Or it'll say the, the studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but who's singing? Who's mm-hmm. getting that money? Mm-hmm, yeah, if your yeah. name's not on that song, where's that money going? Where is that money going? Because, you know, you put on a show just like a band. You've, you've recorded it and sung it just like a band. Now that Some of the older shows are didn't totally diss with this. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, like a band will be getting streaming pennies. But at least again, pennies that I'm yeah, saying. The people who sung the songs on the albums yeah. are not getting any pennies. We're going on a campaign, Evan and I, to make noise about this. I'm mad, baby. Make noise about it. I'm not mad because, yeah. Because it's mm. bullshit. Yeah. March of the Falsettos. There are five cast members on that fucking CD. But Francine Lefrac. Tony award-winning producer herself with all her fucking Botox in her face, she gets all that money? Really? She's the one credited. That's kind of jacked up. (laughs) Mm. We're credited on the album. We are credited. We are actually credited. Tell you what, in the past two years, had cast members, Broadway cast members, or musical full stop cast members gotten what they had deserved on those albums, 
if we knew you guys were out of work in the past two years, we would have listened to every fucking album a thousand times each, every single day to make sure you guys got paid. Yeah. That's what we would have done to help the situation, but we can't do that. But you see what I'm saying? It, it actually doesn't even matter. Getting it on my song. So if you want to put it on loop and get me some hits, knock yourself out. Yes. No, definitely. <laughs> I do. Oh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll quite often put, put people on like friends of mine who have songs. I'll yeah, put them um, on overnight. Yeah, repeat overnight, and I just go about doing whatever I've got to do because. And we thank you. Yes, look, it's the the very very least I can do as someone who can't afford one hundred and eighty fucking dollars to see a show every bloody week because that's what the the prices. Anyways, you have been an amazing guest. Well, this has been fun. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) I am mind blown and ranting and raving, and this is what I love about this show is that we do get to just spill our guts and there is no pretense at all and, and, and you and you get to chat to your heroes and i get to chat to my heroes and you don't get to yet because they are too scared of us <laughs> well hopefully the metals will man up yeah it's nuts yeah i know i, I keep asking uh before we let you go uh, where would we find you on the socials everywhere uh at missy freddie on twitter and instagram and uh, Freddie Walker Brown and or Big Spoon Productions on Facebook, BigSpoonProductions.com. And I have Miss Freddie on TikTok. I have to even, a student set that up and I don't even know my password. I got to like find my TikTok account, but I do believe I'm Miss Freddie on TikTok as well. Big Spoon Productions, right. Yeah, I, we had an argument the other day about, we've got a, a big spoon and I said it was a ladle. And everyone's sort of because that's not a ladle, it's a big spoon. A big spoon What's isn't cooking? a name for a utensil. It's like it's, it's a ladle. It's describing <laughs> the logo. What it it's is. a ladle. Yeah, it's a it's, ladle. It's a ladle. It, it might be oval shaped, but it's a fucking ladle, people. Yeah. Anyways, arguing with my mum and sister-in-law about kitchen utensils, I didn't get far. One day I'll explain the whole big spoon name, but that'll that'll be in my book someday. Yeah. Awesome. I look forward to it. No, it's been- I was going to say, my my mother had a big spoon and it was a jam spoon that she hung on the wall that she used to, you know, boil, boil yes. jam with. And yeah. and that was what she chased us with. Yeah. That's how I was, I was waiting for that. You did not want to be hit by the jam spoon. No. no. That thing was lethal. Yes, I can imagine. Oh, please. Our folks yeah. makes it. They used to say, go outside and get me something to hit you with. So you had to go outside. <laughs> and picks you know like a strap off the tree and you couldn't pick too small a one because they would go outside get the whole branch to come back and hit you yeah i'll pick a bigger one Uh, for you yeah yeah no seriously that you did not want you did not want them picking it for you (laughs) i just got the wooden spoon or the belt that's all i got or the belt the belt was good all righty we're gonna hit the road well more so i'm gonna hit the sack because it's like a quarter to 6 a.m on the first day of the year and i have been editing my ass off we only recorded this episode a couple of days ago it was like two and a half hours of recording because we ended up talking about parenting for a further 20 minutes or so which i thought no you guys don't need to hear that but anyways huge thank you like you wouldn't believe like huge thank you to freddie for joining us and a huge congratulations to the cast and crew of rent for 25 years of inspiring millions of us out there including myself obviously as i made a fool of myself telling freddie today so here's to 25 more what an absolute honor doing this show is 
getting to invite all these people on and tormenting them with metal and finding out who they are and how they think and how they view their industry. And whilst, you know, there's lots of avenues for them to do that, it is, it has made 2021 a remarkable year. So let's bring on 2022 and what other surprises are going to come your way as our listeners. But anyways, you can find us on the socials at Thrush and Treasure. Sometimes there's a podcast after it. Depends on where you're looking us up on, on Instagram. I don't know. I don't take care of it. I do the Twitter. So you can find me at Twitter saying really dumb jokes that no one ever gets and ranting about stupid things. So you at home, please take care. Have an awesome new year. Make 2022 count. Create things. Lots of things. Do things out of the extraordinary because as we have established with rent, there is no day but today. And after the past couple of years, we need to make every day count. So support artists out there. Anyways, take care and we shall see you next time. Hooroo!